Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your hosts, Michael Fragan and Bruce Backman here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. Welcome back for our holiday hiatus. Hi, welcome back. Welcome back. And uh, I feel like we didn't miss anything no. No, over the last couple of weeks. No it's been, been very quiet. There's a saying in French, la plus ça change, la plus c'est la même chose. The more it changes, the more it stays the same. Is there is there such a saying? Yeah, sure. It's a very common French saying. Are I'm we are we trying to French. inject like a Canadian style multiculturalism no, point that it's into like this? A, it's like a soap opera that you, you know. Here we are trying to doesn't change. Put America first, and here you are speaking French. How's speak that? Cons- how's that for inconsistency? I speak five languages. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Well, look uh, to our French speaking audience out there. That was for you. Yes. And um, but let's um, I guess the day has come. It's mm-hmm. Thursday, October 31st. It is the end of October. Won't yeah. mention the specific holiday that means, but there might be symbolism in it. It looks like the impeachment vote is happening this morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we could actually call it an impeachment vote. It's more like a procedural, a rules vote or whatever you want to call it. And uh, but it is, in fact, upon us and there will be a vote essentially on whether to move forward with something to impeach President Donald Trump. Some will say this was three years in the making. Some will say this happened very, very quickly over the last couple of weeks. And it's been, I, I got to say, politically, it's been quite remarkable from a number of perspectives. Number one, I think the House leadership, meaning the House leadership Democrats, was kind of dead set against impeachment. I think that they just viewed it as a distraction of the 2016 election. I think that this uh, Ukraine thing, while inappropriate, while wrong, etc., and all those things, and uh, kind of mystifying that we would be allowing, essentially, uh, Mayor Giuliani to run our policy with regard to a specific country. All those things, all wrong, 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 bad, bad, bad. Um, but not necessarily impeachable, not the kind of thing I would think that you would remove a president for. But the way things have kind of swung into place, and and from my perspective, the incompetent, inefficient, incomprehensible response that we have gotten from the Republicans in general, but I guess it's really up to the White House to formulate that response, has been uh, weak. Weak. I will use a term that... Uh, that many Republicans now understand. We have shown tremendous, we meaning Republicans, I'll put myself in there, have shown tremendous weakness in the response here. Bruce, your take. I think the, I think starting off with the Democratic leadership, I still think probably the Democratic leadership didn't want to even go forward with this, but the pressure from their base is so strong. I mean, Chuck Schumer, of all people, went to J Street uh, this past week. Yes, he did. That's a place that Chuck Schumer would have never gone before. Did Chuck Schumer go there because all of a sudden he's he has... He's, he's become less a supporter of the state of Israel. I would say he probably went there because the base of the Democratic Party is pushing the leadership to do things which they're normally uncomfortable. And like most people in politics, you know, absolute power power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And nobody in leadership wants to lose their positions. So the House leadership is moving forward on an impeachment that they're probably still behind closed doors very apprehensive about. Chuck Schumer's running to J Street along with all these other people because he's very concerned that he's going to lose control of his caucus in the Senate. And, you know, quietly, you know, the, the, the country's shifting and the Republicans haven't really figured out who they are. Are they the Republican Party of Mitt Romney? Are they the Republican Party of John McCain, Donald Trump or the Christian coalition? You know, th- there's a hodgepodge of things going along. And uh, I Trump- think the Republicans are pretty firmly the re- party of Trump right now. 
I think they're publicly the party of Trump, but I also think that if I think there's many of them quietly, and I've heard this, I was in Washington a few weeks ago from people who were telling me that friends of mine who I happened to bump into when I was there who tell me off the record, most people in the House and the Senate don't really like the president. They're very uncomfortable with the way the president does things. It's it's so a lot of them just stay quiet. You know, Lindsey Graham, to his credit or not his credit, goes out on a limb all the time and defends the president to high hell. But there's tons of other people who just stay away from the TV shows. They stay away from punditry. They're just laying low. They don't really want to comment on this because, as Mitt Romney was written recently in that piece, there's going to be a Republican Party after Donald Trump. And without Donald Trump, this kind of party isn't sustainable. So people are there's kind of a bit of an identity crisis going on there too. Yeah, how to handle Donald Trump. The other thing is, is if you're somewhat critical of Donald Trump, Republicans, you know, get taken to the woodshed all the time. So a lot of people have learned it's just easier to stay quiet. At the same time, the party is not functioning outside of Trump. It's not they're, functioning. They're not. I, but, it's but but there is definitely a cult of personality. Look how many Republicans have stepped down from the House. Yeah, you have not. I think nineteen or nineteen or twenty right now, which is which itself is a huge gross number. But as a percentage, it's an it's, it's a crazy number. Thinking about it, it's clearly these members are thinking to themselves they will not be able to retake the House even with Trump on the ballot in twenty twenty. A lot of them don't even know if they could win re-election in their districts if they have to defend Trump because they're in suburban swing districts. Yes, uh, that that is definitely the case, and I think well, that I'm like, it's not worth the it. party is retreating from in a lot of on a lot of fronts. Some people are very happy with that. You know, you have members, um, particularly some of the most right wing, some of the most ideological Freedom Caucus members. I'm not saying that they're not entitled to their viewpoint. But you make life incredibly uh, difficult, if not impossible, for other members of your own party. And the question is, and the Democrats, well, I mean, the ha- the Democrats be, have the struggle the also. The same can the be Democrats, said in the Democratic Party. For Ilhan sure. Omar and Alexandra right. Ocasio-Cortez they don't care about Presley they don't care make about their members. very, very difficult That's correct. for moderate Democrats in sub- those same quote-unquote suburban swing districts. You don't see Kathleen Rice on television very much, our local congresswoman from the Five Towns. No, you don't. You you actually don't see her at all, all because she's been entirely marginalized because she opposed Nancy Pelosi, and she has. It's more than that. She's she she. If she became too linked to that crowd in the Democratic Party today, she could likely lose her congressional seat out here. Well, she should be all over as a former DA and a you know justice person. She should be all over you know some of the legal pieces of impeachment. But for whatever reason, but she's not. Of, I don't know. I don't strategize for her, and a I lot agree. Of with moderates me. are keeping she, a low profile in both parties. She has. She has to find. She has to find a niche for herself. But I think I don't want to get entirely away from the idea of how poorly the response has been. And I know that the idea of, oh, okay, so Republicans, let's storm the hearings, let's stop the hearings, let's attack the process, the secret process, the lack of due process. Remember, this is not a trial. I understand that a lot of people in the American view, and it's it's a good talking point for a certain up to a certain point when you say, oh, there's no, there's no questioning of witnesses. It's This is not a legal trial. This is political. The, Impeachment is part of the political process. It is. And, I had to, and, and, and the president and the White House and many Republicans have all but goaded Nancy Pelosi into this. I don't think – I'm not giving her credit for doing it. I don't think it's – I think it's bad for the country. We don't need this right now. But in a sense, it's kind of when you – have hearings and you 
essentially tell Congress they are not entitled to any oversight of the executive branch. You basically bring it's basically like bring it on. And I know the president likes that. He likes that bravado. He likes that swagger. I think the I think I think I think that like I was telling you before we started today that there's that piece in the Washington Post yesterday by David Von Drail on Trump without the Trumpiness would win re-election in a landslide. And the truth is, is the president has a lot of pol- policy achievements that's been very good absolutely and and the policy achievements are some that can be liked by a plurality not a plurality a majority of americans and instead of running a more traditional style campaign which is focusing on achievements and focusing on goals and focusing on policy differences most of which are favor the president going into re-election you know he likes the fight and i i'm just i'm just scared that this strategy which he's very cocky about will not be that beneficial to him down the road. I mean, presidents don't win re-election this way. You know, he'll say, well, I'm different, I'm different, I'm different. But he is it different. Just doesn't, he is different to a point. Everything has an expiration date. At some point, every style of politics has an expiration date. Nobody could really tell me right now that Donald Trump's policies could win him re-election indefinitely. At some point, somebody's going to defeat him with this. Oh, well, he, he is... So the question is really, why aren't you running on your achievements? Why aren't you running on the economy? Why aren't you running on the tax cut? Why aren't you running on the child tax credit, which benefited thousands of families all around America, especially middle class families? Why aren't you talking about how inflation's kept low, gas prices, um, development, increases in certain manufacturing, which recently took a bit of a hit, but still investment in American businesses? I mean, where's the conversation about those things? He doesn't even talk about it. You know, it's just attack Democrats, attack Democrats all the way. And I don't really understand the reason why anybody advising doesn't have him pivot. Yeah. Well, maybe he I can. mean, or, or use it as maybe. a point to pivot. Democrats are obsessed with impeachment. I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with the economy. I'm obsessed with the life of regular middle class and average Americans from, from coast to coast. And talk about achievements in every minute of the day and just keep on hammering that stuff home. You know, if you're going to tweet nonstop, tweet, hey, by the way, you know, look at our economic growth this month. Look at housing starts. Look at all the positives. Maybe, he doesn't even talk about them. Well, he can't because there's no – have you noticed? And He can you, pivot. Have you noticed the lack of – Discipline in general, or structure in general. In a, look, in order, in order, in order, Bill Clinton in order, wasn't structured in, in order. No, no, until I'm not talking, But and Bill, then somebody got him to Bill structure Cl- himself. Bill to Clinton had a staff. He had people there who were, and for all of everything that came around with Bill Clinton, he had a cadre of advisors who were experienced and tested and they they were engaged i mean we have hugo chavez in venezuela not to make a comparison whenever the economy was bad all he did was attack his opponents of sure when the economy's good there's no reason to start up with them but but let but let me let's great case in point this week okay we i want to get we get into a little bit early but let's talk about the killing the attack with omar uh abu Bakr al-baghdadi okay and great foreign policy achievements, even as and even if you disagree, as I do totally with withdrawing from Syria, the way it was done and how it was done and emboldening Turkey and strengthening Turkey, all the caveats aside, we got I liked it. I we, support the we, president. We got a guy who the founder of ISIS, big foreign policy achievement. Correct. For some reason, and this is not to me, you don't go out there and give an hour press conference on this. You make a statement, you let it sink in, you say we got him. Good job for the military. For some reason, I think 
the president stepped all over himself. I think in the end, it's about the substance is great, and there's no reason you want to be nitpicking and criticize him, etc. But what is what does everybody remember? Everybody remembers he was crying and whimpering in like a coward, you know, and just you're stepping all over because there's no. I mean, I hate to. I don't know Stephanie Grisham. I'm not pretending ever. But there is no communications discipline there. There was nobody out there saying, hey, this is what, let's stick to it. Let's stick to the points. She doesn't give briefings. She never talks to the press. You see a totally inept operation on, on that front. They never. Well, you can't have an operation if the president isn't going to follow the, law, uh, you, the company line. You, you, have to, it, you have to make an effort. Mick, Mick Mulvaney is totally out of the picture. He wasn't even notified of the raid at the time. Okay. You also the messaging of we are not going to tell the Democrats because they might leak it, but at the same time you told Putin about it because you know the matter of national and you know the suggestion is that if you tell Nancy Pelosi, people are going to die because she's going to leak the message. I I have to say I that is ridiculous. Okay, to the idea the idea no the idea that. Nancy Pelosi, who's been in Congress with mo- as long as, you know, we, I don't know, forever, who has probably been part of the Gang of Eight, meaning the people who are notified about such things, the top, top secret things for decades, and the idea that you're not going to, and who has never visibly leaked anything, okay, of that sort, that all of a sudden she's going to do it now, is, is, is preposterous. So, again, you've stepped all over the things, and the things that should be happening in a normal White House situation, just in it. Forget about normal White House. In a normal political office, normal governmental office, we were in governmental offices. It's the kind of boxes you need to check. Who do we? I who do? Who do we need to? Tell? I ran. I who, ran research shops who, in many campaigns, oh, and I had a rule: nothing leaves the building until I until I put a check I, next. I to understand, it. but who do we need to tell? What are our talking points? How long should the president speak? How long it's should we do this? It, it, but it's more than that. There it's is much more than. But that. you're stepping all over your the successes. Content. You're stepping all over the successes. You're doing a good job. You're doing things that are good. You're accomplishing things, and yet for some reason, every single time, and it's not because I don't. It's not because there are some people in the press who are dead set against you. There's some people in the press who are set dead set for you. It's not because of the fake news media. It's because you create the president. And the White House itself, not just the president, the White House creates these sideshows. Did Kellyanne Conway need to call the reporter and for seven minutes and berate her as to why she mentioned why her husband, George Conway, who was clearly an antagonist and opponent of the president, and they have a why she mentioned her husband? Do you, does she really not think that George Conway is newsworthy? But yeah, for seven minutes, she berated a reporter. You listen to the call. It sounds ridiculous. You got to just, I mean, these sideshows are just ultimately. Side, that's my point. When you, But if the president, one, doing certain things, and he's been successful in his business career running things a certain way, but I don't know if it transfers to re-election. This is not the kind of campaign you run to re-elect yourself. Everybody, everybody who re-elects himself focuses on one thing and one thing only. Achievements of the past and goals for the future. For sure. And if you're going to run the last campaign, you know, Ronald Reagan used to run against Jimmy Carter in 1994. Well, and, and, however, the, and the shortcomings of your opponent. However, however, it's morning again in America is something that everybody remembers from that campaign. It was a the theme of the campaign. It was in the ads. And it was the undercurrent concept in everything that he did. Trump's undercurrent theme right now is make America great again. 
well, you've been president for three years. Have you made America great? So now he says it's keep America great again. Well, talk about what that means to people, because a lot of people would, would probably support you to continue as president if you gave them a reason to. And if your reason is because you're not the Democrats and you're going to kill the Democrats and the Democrats are evil and they need to be stopped and they're destructive and the tweets don't stop, a lot of people are either going to tune out, which maybe is part of the goal, and a lot of people aren't going to vote for you. You know, Trump needs his supporters to sit on their hands and, and he keeps on giving fire to his haters. You know, we saw it recently in Israel that Benjamin Netanyahu, who I support, goats on the Arab parties all the time. Well, Arabs voted more than they used to. Oh, yes, they did. They did. And if you're going to goat on the far left and you're going to goat on minorities and you're going to goat on Latinos and all these different kinds of people in the country, well, I got a surprise for you on Election Day. A lot more of them are going to show up to vote and they're going to be they're going to have a reason for it. It's you, you get the feeling sometimes well, and, and because it worked in 2016, we're just going to do, work we're going to be unfiltered, we're going to be unscripted, we're going to throw everything up against the wall and see if it works, go to the, throw the Hail Mary pass, no strategy. The amazing part here, on the flip side of that, is that the 2020 campaign is a colossus, okay? What the they are doing in the campaign, He's as far as with, fight in 2020. With, with the money... Okay, with their digital targeting, with the amount of staff that they have, how it's being deployed, and a lot of money, a lot of money. It's no, it's it's not haphazard at all. But the problem is, is what you have is this image, and I think that a lot of a lot of Americans wanted Donald Trump to be president. Yes, because he was a disruptor, but also because they saw him on TV as an effective CEO. As a kind of guy who could be, and what you've seen in many cases is is chaos. Now, to the extent that six sinks in, it doesn't sink in in a lot of places. But those who watch and those who pay attention, and say, and those who are going to start to pay attention in 2020, are going to realize that there is just a tremendous amount of chaos, and it doesn't need to be this way. It's very avoidable. What Especially I'm saying, actually, when you have a good record to run on, and for so sure, many things, exactly, we agree on that. What I'm so that's that's the point is, and and to step all over a success, a huge success about getting out Baghdadi, and to step all over that is just I I I look at it, and I'm thinking, wow, how do we mess that one up? I don't know. He he'll tell you he didn't mess it up, and everybody around him thinks that he's so brilliant, and and if he you surrounded have to, himself with yeah, everybody who works from today is a yes man, right? Well, John, Ke John Kelly said that, right? Everybody who's left there is a yes man today. There's nobody who's willing to speak truth to power. He doesn't have that kind of... This is not Lincoln's cabinet over there. It's not even Bill Clinton's cabinet. You know, he, there's nobody who's willing to look at Bill Clinton in the eye or, or Donald Trump in the eye and say, you know what, Mr. President, you're wrong. This is a bad idea. You can't do this. And, and he doesn't have that because people like that, he's not interested to have them around. So he has Stephanie Grisham around who is, is you know, probably a very fine, nice person, but she's totally not up to this. You know, Mick Mulvaney, who's who's a pretty smart guy, he's not up to dealing with the president every day. Obviously, if the president's excluding him from things, Rudy Giuliani, who's not even in the administration, is, seems like he's running roughshod he, over the he, White he House. Is, he is essentially the, the Secretary of State. We right. haven't heard much from Mike Pompeo in the last couple of weeks. No, I mean, Jared Kushner. I mean, I got I got to imagine that Mike Pompeo is thinking, I got to get out of here and, and run for Senate in Kansas. They used to say the only person who could tell him that he was wrong was his daughter, but she's been sidelined with Jared Kushner. Like, I don't well, know. Well, Jared went to Israel this week and made news, I think, of the wrong way i mean really i i i gotta it's why you would go to israel and take a swipe at joe biden there 
For, I mean, just gratuitously. And that should be your headline. Jared, Jared Kushner can't take interviews with any other. Well, why, but, but I'm saying, so why would why do you take the, why would you take the interview? I think I th- honestly, I don't know. I mean, the last interview he did with Axios was a pretty unmitigated disaster. You know, there's people who go on radio and television and they say they know why President does things. I can genuinely tell you, as somebody who not stupid, I have no idea. His brand is better when he's quiet. And everybody thinks he's the shadow, you know, secretary of everything. He hasn't, no, but if everybody thinks that, if, every, if everybody thinks that, well, he clearly has a lot of power and he's clearly doing whatever it yeah, is that he's doing. Yeah, but let's talk about the 2020 Democrats because really the, per, the, the the elephant in the room, and this is me saying this, and I've been telling this whoever wanted to listen to me, friends and otherwise recently, Hillary Clinton is going to run. She's going to enter this race. This is not a field that can beat Donald Trump, and she's going to enter it, and she's been hinting at it for at least a year, and it's getting the hinting is getting stronger and stronger, including her husband's comments just the other day, that, you know, I don't know if she will or she won't. And then people around her, like Phil Reines, who used to be her press secretary, dropping things. She's the, the only way Hillary could have run was this, and if Hillary is the nominee, everybody's like, oh my God, she can't win. She is somebody who the president cannot beat in 2020. I don't care what anybody says. There's a lot of buyer's remorse out there amongst suburban moms and people in suburbs all around the country in swing districts. I don't see her losing. I don't think she could have run this early because she had too much baggage. But based on what I see in the debates of the Democratic Party right now, you have an old man who's very nice but senile. You have a young guy who's 37 years old who seems pretty smart, but he's the mayor of a town that has less people than, you know, um, Cedarhurst. Um, You know, no offense, but I mean, it's the truth. Uh, who's totally not qualified for this. You have Elizabeth Warren, who's pushing ideas of Hugo Chavez in a pantsuit. Um, you know, you, you run down the list, and there's nobody really who can go head-to-head with Donald Trump who has what it takes or has ideas and crossover appeal and can get African-Americans excited to vote. I mean, Joe Biden could, but but he he's... I mean, you know, I saw Michael Bennett on TV. Yeah. Yesterday, a couple times. I've seen him over in, Am in I the last couple weeks. saying too radical? I don't think No, so. not at all. I, look, I, I don't... I, you don't think she's going to run? No, I don't think she's going to run. I mean, I do think Elizabeth Warren will lose to to Donald Trump. But having said well, that, well, that's the point. I think that people right, but I th- but, it out. but it's not like the Democrats don't have people who could win. The problem is they are not going to nominate those people who could win. Nobody, I, I don't know. I don't. Nobody on that. Stage I don't right think now there are too Donald many. Trump. There are too many people who don't like Hillary. I just don't know that I I see it. But you know, we'll see. Well, I, wait a it's second. hard to. It's, one second. One second. Let 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 let's come back. There's a lot sure. of people called don't like Hillary. That's like the line that's no. I said out. too many people. Too many people don't like Hillary. I'm sure there's many more people who don't like Donald Trump. That is correct. And I think given but the Democrats can't the afford two, all those people staying home, Hillary which is what Clinton happened. Has the ability to bridge the gaps that are very significant in the Democratic Party right now. I don't Nobody know. else can. Okay. Okay. Well, let's see. I mean, AOC. Time will tell. I think. I think. I think she's going to run. Bernie Sanders got twenty eight thousand people at his AOC rally. That's fine. Twenty eight thousand people at his Omar rally. That's by the way. He got more people at his rallies last time around. That's a Trump sized rally, man. It is a Trump sized rally, but everybody knows that Barry Goldwater had bigger rallies than Lyndon Johnson in sixty four, and he lost by twenty points. I mean, rally. Does everybody know that? They don't. They Does, do, they don't. But I they mean, do they now. might now, but Goldwater because had I didn't more, know that Goldwater had more volunteers. Goldwater had bigger rallies, and Goldwater lost by twenty points. Yeah, well, not just twenty points. I mean, anything. I mean, Eugene I McCarthy. He, yeah, nineteen seventy-two had okay. bigger rallies, had more volunteers, and he couldn't win. Rallies. There is, there is, there is a minority of people who genuinely don't care that I much. I can't about say politics. that I remember the nineteen seventy-two race either that well. Question. But let me ask you a question, please. In your neighborhood, 
How many people around here go to political rallies on a regular basis? Uh, pretty much none. Okay. So who's going to rallies? Are rallies really indicative of anything? Who's going to them? Regular not, middle class people, not children homeowner, aren't not going homeowners, to rallies. Not They're homeowners not with families. For 10 hours. Right. They're not waiting. They're college students. Well, some people bring their They're kids. They're activists. Yeah, exactly. Some people bring their kids. Some you know, people. it's a thing. It's a thing. To one do. in one in a hundred. I get it. I get it. They. I want to have the idea. They want to. I, I understand. Nixon in nineteen. I think people go to Trump. Had people, very small. People rallies. go to Trump rallies for entertainment. What? No question about that. Free Trump, entertainment. Trump rallies are different. But again, I don't know if Trump rallies are indicative of what everybody thinks they're indicative of. Let's talk as we close out here and i don't know where this is going but you know very quick okay impeachment president be impeached yes or no in the house no well it only matters in the house only the house is gonna vote looks that way it looks that way i can take that as a yes i think that's a, i think we're at a yes i don't know if they're gonna do traditional impeachment though because I'm, I'm gonna put it at as a yes right now they're gonna take okay votes in that they senate have the, votes. the senate goes to a full trial or they dismiss right away I think they're likely to dismiss right away. Okay, interesting. I, I don't think so. I don't think they'll get... I think there are going to be four or five Republicans who won't vote for that. Um, and I think McConnell will have... I, I personally, I just think there are enough Republicans right now who are going to want to have a trial unless they're... Because they're vulnerable. Yeah, Susan Collins, Cory Gardner, Lisa Murkowski, obviously Mitt Romney. Um, you have a couple there. So that's a nut. You know, it's only 53. It I think they're going to have to go trial. I think there's no way that they'll depends. vote to convict unless there's something huge. It depends on how strong the case for impeachment is. And, okay, so now we got that out of the way. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of do that every week just to see where things are going. Uh, but the one thing that kind of got lost in this entire thing, which I think is quite remarkable, mm -hmm. and going back to one of our good friends, Ilan Omar, okay, mm -hmm. the, and just shows the corruptness of, of her and her supporters and her followers, etc. There was a vote on Armenian genocide. Yes, I saw that. And she voted present. Well, so this is the person who stands for the oppressed. She amongst she says, a lot of other members of the furthest left of the Democratic Party. She wasn't the only one of the radical. But, well, the radical, but these, she's the only one who gives voice to the voiceless and is there to help the, the... How is it that if you want to go ahead and her excuses and her excuse was, well, we need to establish it as a historical fact. It's amazing. This is the person, you know, who feels that there's been a genocide going on with, you know, with the Palestinians I mean, and everything. You know, I'm and, get, I, let's please. be honest. Ilan Omar has, if you know much about the Armenians versus the Turks, the Turks were Muslim. But why is she? She has a tendency. So she's control She has a tendency. That's what I'm trying to bring out. Not to criticize anyone or anything with Muslim roots as a, as a rule. So because the Turks are Muslim, she just can't go there. Which 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 is pretty scary. Although so, she is endorsing Bernie Sanders, you know, but I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders. Well, because Bernie Sanders has, you know, this, despite finding Judaism, you know, when he's, uh, you know, when talking about the, he'll be the first Jewish American president. Um, you know, has buried that aspect of his life. But I just want to bring out what an incredible, I mean, astounding hypocrite she is on just about every anything, and we knew that already. But it's it's remarkable when you say when you you talk about that you know and her her other excuse is well we need to talk about reparations for slavery first before we talk about the Armenian genocide and we should also discuss we should also discuss the displacement of indigenous peoples in North America well guess what 
that has not you might be one of those you know you came over here as well you know as an immigrant you know we all came here america has when if they ever get the goods on her and they find out if she married her brother for (laughs) which by the way i'm sure it doesn't even matter to her supporters at this point it doesn't matter to supporters but there's legal issues with it right okay there are legal ramifications to this you it's not allowed you're not allowed to do that well I'm, I'm sure you're not. I know everybody in the country doesn't want to have any immigration. Are, are you? Are you going to just? Are allowed. you going to start the send her back chance right now? I'm not going to send. Her okay, back. we're not going to send her back. Okay, well, since we do that, we're out of time this week here on the Nachum Siegel Network. This is Michael Fragan and Bruce Backman. Yes, spin class. Thank you for joining us. Oh, and congratulations to our good friend Fred Zeidman, minority owner of the Washington Nationals, on the add to the Learner family, another big supporter of Jewish causes and uh, and the Jewish community uh, on an incredible win, incredible series. And uh, that's it here on the Nachum you know, Network. By the way, stay the, tuned. This used to be the Montreal Expos. That's. Congratulations to the Montreal Expos. I'm winning the Montreal. World Series. Okay, well let's let's get that get Expos hat and Expos paraphernalia out so that we just can saying. Be, just saying. Okay, I've never been interrupted on the closing before. Stay tuned for Jew of the City Speaks with Allison Josephs. No problem.